Appreciate the way you've joined in our worship service tonight. It's good to see all of you here. Uh, it looks like several who have been out of town have made their way back uh, to us tonight. And I know it's been a busy summer for a lot of us. We've been traveling and, of course, a lot of church activities are going on as well. But it's so good to see all of you here tonight. And as is always the case, uh, we have those who are visiting with us And we are truly, truly grateful that you're here tonight. It's our sincere desire to make you feel welcome. And uh, we hope that you'll always want to come back and and be with us and worship with us whenever you have an opportunity. This morning we begin talking about the idea that God can use every one of us without exception in his service. And of course, many times we may have the tendency to think, well, there's really not much that I can do for the Lord. Maybe I'm not talented. I really can't speak to people. I don't have that much of an education. But we need to realize that the only kind of people that God has ever used in his service are those individuals with weaknesses, those individuals that have shortcomings, those who commit sin. This morning, we talked about Moses and how God used Moses in a very powerful way in spite of the fact that he made excuse after excuse as to why he could not do what God told him to do. We talked about Elijah, an individual who we know as a great prophet, and yet Elijah, in 1 Kings chapter 19, became so distraught and discouraged that He asked God to take away his life. I'm the only one that's trying to do what's right, Elijah said, and now they're trying to kill me. And then we talked about Amos, an ordinary individual. He said, I wasn't a prophet, neither was I a prophet's son. I was simply a herdsman and a gatherer of sycamore fruit. But the Lord took me as as I followed the flock and said, go prophesy unto my people Israel. Then, of course, we talked about David. David is an individual that we know who is called a man after God's own heart. And yet David was an individual who committed adultery. He committed murder. He was one that would sin and affect not only himself, but an entire nation of people. And yet God could still use David because David realized when he sinned what he had done and he was willing to repent And make his life right with the Lord. You know, tonight we need to understand God can use every one of us in a very powerful way in his service. Think with me tonight about Hosea. Hosea probably had the worst home life of anybody that we read about in the Bible. He married this woman named Gomer, who was a very immoral individual. She was guilty of adultery. In fact, the Bible describes this particular woman over and over again as being a prostitute. And yet, Hosea is a prophet of God. Now, brethren, if God could take a man like Hosea, who had a wife that's a prostitute... And yet he's trying to tell Israel what to do. If God could use a man like Hosea, don't you think God could use me regardless of my family background? 
You know, Hosea went throughout all Israel saying, listen, if you don't change your life, if you don't come back to God, God is going to destroy you because of your spiritual adultery. I'm afraid today, oftentimes, we may excuse ourselves by saying, you know, I really don't think I could be an effective servant in the Lord's kingdom, maybe because of the way my children have turned out. It just seems like my children aren't really faithful to God like they should be. My children seemingly have turned against everything that I've tried my best to teach them. Or as a young person, you might say, well, I don't believe God would really let me do all that much for him because I'm just embarrassed by the way that my mother and my father act. And I've known wives that were so brokenhearted They could hardly hold their heads up because they were so embarrassed at the immoral and ungodly way that their husbands were living. And they even felt like that maybe they were second-rate citizens in the Lord's kingdom. Some people say, there's just not a whole lot I can do because of my family. Because of my family background, I don't think anybody would ever listen to me. And I think sometimes that's a problem in the church today. But listen, brethren, it doesn't matter how much your husband or your wife or your father or your mother, your son or your daughter may have done to embarrass you. If God could take a man like Hosea, who had a prostitute as a wife... And use him so effectively, don't you think that God can use us very effectively and wonderfully in his service? But then we move on and we think about a man in the New Testament by the name of Paul, the apostle. Somebody says, now, you don't even begin to try to Use Paul as an example. Don't even compare me to somebody like Paul. And we know that Paul was a great man in many ways. I really admire Paul. He is a model gospel preacher. He's an individual that that we need to strive to emulate in our unselfish devotion and service to Jehovah God. But folks, stop and think about it for a minute. Think about what Paul actually was before he became that servant of God. And when you think about what Paul was, we wonder how in the world could such an individual ever be used in the service of God? Paul said in 1 Timothy 1 and verse 15, he said, if you line up all the sinners in the world from beginning to end, you have to line me up at the front of the line. He said, I am Number one. In Acts 8 and verse 1, we find Paul breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the church. In Acts 8 and verse 3, as for Saul, the Bible says he made havoc of the church, entering into every house, dragging out men and women, committing them to prison. Paul said in Acts 26 and verse 11, I punished them often in every synagogue. 
I compelled them to blaspheme, and being exceedingly mad against them, I persecuted them even unto strange cities. In Acts 22 and verse 4, Paul said, I persecuted this way even unto the death, binding and delivering into prisons both men and women. Now, folks, I believe this with all of my heart. There's never been one single individual on God's earth that did more harm to the church, that did more harm to the cause of Christ than did Paul. Paul lived to commit Christians to prison, to put them to death. He was literally focused and obsessed with trying to destroy the Lord's church. And someone may say, well, you know, I've done a lot of things that I'm not proud of in my life. I've done a lot of things that have really harmed the Lord's church. I've really harmed my influence. I don't think anybody would ever even give me any kind of attention about spiritual things because of what I've done in the past to hurt the Lord's church. But I think we need to listen very carefully. If God could take a man like Paul, who did so much harm and hurt to the cause of Jesus Christ, then a thousand times more, God can certainly use you and me in his service. You know, Paul went on to become that great apostle. He wrote a majority of the New Testament. His devotion and dedication to the cause of Christ is so inspiring. We wonder how could a human being be so devoted to a cause, a cause that he ultimately gave his own life for. But you see, Paul, Paul was used by God in a very powerful way in spite of all the hurt he had done. Or you think about somebody like John Mark over in Acts 13 and verse 13 on that first missionary journey, John Mark turned back in Perga for some reason, evidently not a good reason at all. The Bible says John Mark turned back And he went not with them to the work. Well, it came time for the second journey over in Acts chapter 15. And apparently John had made it known that he was sorry for what he had done. And turning back on that first journey, he repented. And if you look at Acts 15 and verse 37, Barnabas determined to take with them John Mark on this second journey. Now, Paul didn't think it was good to take him with them because he departed from them in Pamphylia and went not with them to the work. The Bible says the contention was so sharp between Paul and Barnabas over John Mark that they parted company. They formed two teams. Barnabas took John Mark just like he was determined to do so. You know, somebody may say, well, you know, I've been like John Mark in a lot of ways. I've turned my back on the Lord. I know that's a a shameful thing. I've 
forsaken the Lord when he really needed me the very most, I don't think I really could make a very favorable impression on anybody because of what I've done in the past and how I've left the Lord and become unfaithful to him in the past. But folks, God used John Mark. In fact, we don't read anywhere else that John Mark did anything to discredit the cause of Jesus Christ. In fact, Paul himself finally realized that John Mark was very useful. Over in 2 Timothy 4 and verse 11, while Paul was in prison, he writes to Timothy and he says to Timothy, take Mark, bring him with you, for he is profitable unto me for the ministry. Now, Paul, are you talking about that same person that turned back from the work in Perga? Paul, are you talking about this same individual about whom you and Barnabas had such strong feelings and the contention was so intense that you parted company? Paul said, I want you to bring John Mark, for he can be a very effective force in the service of the Lord. You see, it doesn't matter what we may have done in the past. When we are forgiven of the past and turn away from those sins, God can use us effectively. And then stop and consider, if you will, individuals like Peter and John. You know, the Bible describes these two individuals as being ignorant and unlearned. They were completely uneducated And I think a lot of folks today may say, well, you know, I didn't even go to college. I didn't even finish high school. And, you know, I really am embarrassed about that. I don't think I could do a whole lot for the Lord because of my educational background. But, brethren, in my opinion, some of the greatest, some of the most effective servants of our Lord in days past and gone were individuals that didn't have a lot of formal education. You know, those that Jesus chose to carry on his work when he ascended back to his father, many of those were just lowly Galilean fishermen. Acts 4 and verse 13 says, When they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were ignorant and unlearned men, they took knowledge of them. They saw that they had been with Jesus. Now, if you're a Christian and you're trying to live right and you're trying to do right, you can have a powerful influence in the Lord's kingdom regardless of the amount of education that you may have in your background. Now, I'm not against education. I believe an education is very important. I think it's true when we hear the saying that Perhaps a college education is just as important today as a high school education was a generation ago. I think we need to encourage our young people to take advantage of those doors of opportunity to educate themselves more fully. But if God could take a man like Peter and John, who were uneducated and ignorant men, 
and use them in such a powerful way, God can use every one of us. And then you focus on Peter for just a minute. You know, over in Matthew chapter 26, Peter had been saying, Lord, all men may be offended because of you, but I will never be offended. Lord, I may die with you, but you can mark it down. I will never deny you. And yet we know when they came and took Jesus, we know how Peter cursed and he swore, I don't know Jesus Christ. He denied the Lord three different times. He was ashamed and embarrassed, it seemed, that people might even think that he was a follower of Jesus Christ. Can you imagine doing what Peter did? At the hour when our Lord needed him the most, to curse and to swear and to completely disassociate himself with Jesus Christ. Peter denied the Lord. And yet God still used Peter in a very powerful way. There on Pentecost, the first day the church came into existence, guess who is going to deliver the first gospel sermon? It's none other than Peter. Most of you might say, if you'd been back in that particular time, I wouldn't even let Peter lead the closing prayer, much less, you know, present the lesson on that day. But think about how powerfully God used Peter. Could it be that maybe in the past that you've been just a little bit embarrassed about your Christianity? Could it be that maybe... In the past, you may have been somewhat ashamed to identify yourself with Christ, to stand up for what's right, to stand for the truth of Jesus Christ. And yet, Peter repented. He changed his life. He wasn't perfect. And yet, Peter became that great apostle that individual who influenced that early church in such a magnificent way. If God could take a man like Peter, who cursed and he swore that he didn't even know Christ, then certainly God can use us. And then quickly, think about those people of the day of Pentecost. You know, many may say today, I've done so many bad things in the past. You know, if people really knew, and maybe a lot of people do know, some of the bad things that I've done in the past. I mean, I've done some horrible things, things that just make me ashamed. And I just don't think God could ever use me because of some of the awful things I've done. Have any of us ever done anything as bad as crucifying the Son of God. There on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, Peter preached that powerful sermon. He brought it to a conclusion in verse 36. He said, Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made this same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. And the Bible says those individuals were cut to the heart They didn't even let Peter finish. They cried out, men and brethren, what shall we do? 
Peter said, you repent. You be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. These individuals who were guilty of taking our Lord's life now were being obedient to the gospel. About these same people who Peter accused of killing God's son, when they obeyed the gospel, when they were baptized into Christ, Acts 8 and verse 4 says, Therefore they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. Now if God could use people who were guilty of killing the Son of God, God can use you in a very powerful way. But I want to leave this thought with you tonight as I close. God can use any individual as long as we are truly converted to the Lord. If we're willing to change our lives, and and you look at these individuals that we've talked about today and how they did change their lives. When we change our lives and repent, then God can use us in a very powerful way. Repent you, therefore, and be converted, Acts 3 and verse 19. Don't be conformed to this world, Romans 12 and verse 2. That's conversion. We sing that song sometimes, Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Thou art the potter, I am the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will. While I am waiting, yield it and still. You know, there's so many things that you and I can do as an individual in the Lord's kingdom. Of course, we know there are many organized ways in the Lord's church that We can build up the Lord's cause, but individually we can be there to encourage those who need encouraging. We can go out and restore the erring, reach out to those who become unfaithful. We can edify, we can build one another up. We can be that good example, that shining light that others can follow and thus bring glory and honor to God. And God's always going to be with us. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. You know, maybe we look back in our lives and we see some things that we're not really proud of. As human beings, we all have weaknesses. We've made blunders. We have shortcomings. And if these things have not been repented of, we ought to repent of those things. We ought to acknowledge those things and then go from there. Maybe some of these things need to be confessed in a public way. Maybe you need to make these things known in a public way, acknowledging sin as you repent of it and ask God to forgive you in prayer. If you're not a Christian tonight, it doesn't matter what you've done in the past. Your sins can be completely washed away in the blood of Jesus Christ. As you demonstrate your faith by changing your life, you can be baptized into Christ for the forgiveness of your sins based upon your confession of faith in him. Tonight, the invitation is yours if you need to come. We ask that you come now while we stand and sing.